Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our monthly storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. For our show in May, we told tales of courage, with the word of the night being transformations. I have to warn you, though, we had a few audio issues this month, but the stories are still truly worth the listen, so... In this recording, Cheryl White, director of the Glass Wheel Studio, shares a story about Venice, art, and finding her way. So uh, my story starts of July of 2013, and I uh, was in the passenger seat of my mom's car. We were at the intersection of Norview Avenue and Military Highway, where that Golden Corral is. So... In front of us was this pickup truck that was, like, so old, you, you kind of were like, wait, is, like, rust holding that thing together at this point? And on the bumper, well, on the tailgate, they had made a, a little homemade sticker. And they had taken individual letters, the kind that you put on a mailbox, and they had spelled out the words, be brave. And my mom kind of looked at me and was like, that's good advice. And, <laughs> and, it, and it was. It, it was really good advice because we were on the way to the airport. I was going on my first international trip. I was going to Italy um, for nine days by myself. And if you know anything about me, you've probably heard me say or seen a great hashtag, um, Art is the love of my life. It is what I am about through and through. Uh, but it wasn't just like, oh, I love art. I have to go to, to, to Italy. It, it wasn't that. It was, it was like I really physically needed to double down on art in my life because I had been working at the Chrysler Museum at that time for five years. I had actually spent those five years planning for curators' travel for them, never for me. <laughs> and I was teaching at ODU, and I uh, taught a contemporary art class, and then I taught an introduction art class to non-art majors, and I would read hundreds of poorly written and half-plagiarized papers to try to pay off my student loans that I actually owed ODU. Um, I was uh, in a place where my career wasn't going anywhere, and I'd had all those conversations that we always have at, at bars, like, I really want more, and I just don't know what to do, and you're, you're, and every, and you're like angsty, and you're like, I'm going to have to fucking leave this place, I'm not going to be able to make it, and, and, and you just are in a spot where you can't see yourself. I was also in a really unhealthy relationship uh, with somebody who was not honest, which made it really difficult to be honest with myself uh, about that relationship. So I needed a change. I knew I needed a change. I knew that if art was really going to be the love of my life, that I needed to double down, and I needed to step it up if art wasn't. So I needed to go to Italy, more specifically to Venice, even more specifically to the Biennale. Uh, the Biennale is, is actually happening right now. It happens every two years. It's been happening for 100 years. Uh, it is the Art Olympics. So all of the countries get a little pavilion, and they put on art from all over. You get to see some things that are really new and raw. Everything we get here is pretty vetted. So I could go and see what uh, art from any country was in its purest form. I... Um, 
couldn't just do that easily. There's some logistics that are needed when you want to travel, and when you want to travel solo, you have to think of how you're going to handle that. And uh, so the first was that I had to buy a ticket, which meant that newly paid off Visa card was no longer still not paid off Visa card. And um, I bought the ticket. I had to have a really poignant conversation with my doctor because I had to get a Xanax prescription because I am not a flyer <laughs> by far. I had to, um, I don't know, learn Italian. I, I didn't know a lick of Italian except things like sfumato and chiaroscuro that are great art history words. And so I got Duolingo on my phone and started rehearsing in the evenings, just trying to learn quick phrases like... Um, Quelle no sono la mia droga, which is, those are not my drugs. <laughs> very, very helpful. <laughs> so I had to do that, but, but the, the thing that I knew I needed to do was like pack. I had to like pack accurately. I had to have the right things with me in order to make that work. So I had to have like comfy clothes. I had to have like a couple different things, shoes, and very unnecessary pair of high heels because some Italian man was going to take me somewhere, right, with heels. That's what was going to happen. Um, I had to, you know, you have your toiletries and um, and I brought a towel because of that whole story about always having a towel. And um, I, <laughs> I, brought, I, brought, um, I brought my yoga mat because I figured I was going to need to ground when I got there. And I had this small red pillow I've had since high school. And, and it, it, it all kind of fit together in a very large rolling suitcase. Uh, and um, a kind of duffel bag, the ones that kind of throw over your arm, like a messenger bag, and then and a purse. So I had these three things with me. Oh, and a very large white floppy hat I was going to wear on the canals. It's going to look It's really Hepburn-esque in my mind. <laughs> So I, I get to Venice in the morning. I'd flown overnight, and I get to Venice, and it's, it's where the buses come in. Because you can either come in by a boat or by bus. The boats are like four times as much money, so I was busing it. And I had instructions to pick up a key for where I was going to stay, because I didn't want to just stay at a hotel or a B&B. I had gone through Airbnb and rented an apartment in the locals' part of Venice and Castillo, which was other side of the island from where they drop you off. Um, my host had told me that I needed to go to a baggage claim and pick up the key and some instructions about how to get to the house. So I get to the baggage claim. Hundreds of tourists trying to just drop their bags off for the day are there, and I'm just like, I need a key, but I actually don't know the word key. That was not one of the Duolingo phrases. Um, but I, I got it, and it was this very strange key. It was like a skeleton key, Allen wrench, scrap metal thing. And I was like, well, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> but I'm like, all right. And, and I get directions. And it says, you know, take uh, Vaporetto uh, number two to the Giardini stop. And uh, Vaporettos are water taxis that um, get you all around Venice. And uh, I get to the place where the Vaporettos are, and there's like all of these landings and docks. And I'm like, I am not sure. But I like look at the sign, and I finally see one that says the Giardini, and so I just get on it. Um, and it turns out that I, I landed on the one that takes you down the Grand Canal with every single stop. So not the express one. It was like the slow one. And at that point, 
It was kind of great. Let's just be honest. It's beautiful. It's, it is crystal blue water. There are the cheesy gondoliers. They're in their striped shirts with their hats. There are lots of tourists with cameras. And there are like Venetian palaces just floating on water. It's gorgeous. So gorgeous, I forget every bit of Italian that I've ever, ever learned. <laughs> I get off at my stop and... <clears throat> My instructions read, um, walk down the tree-lined road, make a right at the large fountain, take the second bridge on the left, cross it, go through two squares, and after that, on your left-hand side will be this green door. And they gave me a picture of the door, so I knew where I was going. Because in Venice, there, there really are not street names. Uh, everything, it just kind of wanders and meanders. And, and it sounds like a magical um, kind of treasure hunt, scavenger hunt situation, where I'm like, I have the key, I'm going to find the door. And, um, and it's not, actually, because it's actually pretty hot and humid and heavy. I have packed everything. I, why did I pack everything? I mean, just imagine how hard it is to, like, lug a suitcase across cobblestones for, say, I don't know, mile, mile and a half. That's, that's what that was. Jet lags. It's great. Um, I get into the apartment, and it's cute. It's a little loft. Uh, the only two things I had said when I, when I was booking the trip for the apartment was, like, okay, if I'm going to be there alone... It needs to have air conditioning, because I'm um, a spoiled white, like, um, American. <laughs> That's what I am. I want my air conditioning. I want, uh, and I wanted Wi-Fi so that I could at least somewhat stay in contact with people, like, tell them where I was. Uh, so I get in there, and the AC's not on, and I'm trying to turn it on, and there's this, this little kind of... Uh, you know, your, your little remote control for it, and it, it doesn't really have any recognizable symbols of what... Um, it is usually on an air conditioning unit. It just has a picture of a fan, a picture of a snowflake, and a picture of a raindrop. And I am going, <laughs> like, well, in my mind, snow, cold. Let's just push that. And nothing's happening, and I'm pushing the fan, and at least that's blowing some air, but it's not getting cold. And, and I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I, I'm just going to open the window for now. Maybe it just takes a while to kick in. And good thing I opened the window because I needed to get the Wi-Fi up, and the directions for the Wi-Fi were, um, hey, there's this little hot spot, so you can charge it here and take it with you around Venice, but if you're in the apartment and you want to get signal, you need to put it in this plastic bag, put it on top of this wire hanger, out the window on the clothesline. <laughs> so, <laughs> dual functions. It wasn't perfect, but there were parts that were really great. I mean, the gelato is great. It's just great. Eat all of the gelato whenever you go anywhere. Eat it all. Um, you, uh, I got to go to the Guggenheim, Peggy Guggenheim, um, as a museum, so the most amazing modernist masterpieces, paintings I had written papers about and never been able to see. Uh, as a special treat, uh, a friend of mine who had been studying in Paris came in for the night, and sh we went to the Rendentori Festival. Um, the Rendentori Festival uh, is kind of the locals' party um, uh, in, in Venice, and they around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, everybody starts sitting out along the canals, um, picnicking and drinking and singing. I mean, there's literally tables full of Italian food and families with white linen cloths over them. 
Uh, the, <laughs> the brilliant part of this is as you get drunker and drunker, uh, everybody else starts singing and laughing. It's very communal. And then at 11 o'clock, they set off the largest fireworks show I've ever seen over the canals. It's about three times the size of what we do here for Harbor Fest. It was magic. Um, I, I did a couple of other things. AC still not working. Wi-Fi really sketchy. Trying to, you know, make sure my mom knows I made it. Okay, it's, it's kind of out there. Um, my friend leaves, and I have arranged for myself a day trip into Ravenna, Italy. Um, I'm an art historian, and I have a bucket list of the things I have to see before I die. And number one on the bucket list is the Mausoleum of Gala Placidia in Ravenna. Uh, and you can get to Ravenna from Venice pretty quickly. You take a, a train from um, Venice into Bologna, and then you take a local train from Bologna into Ravenna. So I had actually bought myself a first-class ticket on the first leg of that trip because I was, that was the one splurgy thing. It was $14, <laughs> but I was first-class. They gave me peach juice. I thought that was brilliant. Why, does, why don't we have peach juice here? It's always apple juice or orange juice. So. Um, I get into town in the evening. I'm staying at a, a bed and breakfast. The lady speaks a little English. The AC works. It's the same buttons. Same buttons. But there's work. So, um, so it's there. I'd actually brought a bag with me that, that went over my shoulder, and I packed a little bit more than I would want to have packed in that bag because they were supposed to be fixing the apartment air conditioning while I was gone. I didn't want to leave my stuff there. I was afraid somebody might steal it. Um, but the plan was, like, okay, you're in town. It is their patron um, saint festival uh, in the evening. There were street performers. It was really exciting to be there. Um, but the next morning, I was waking up early. I was going to go to the train station, drop my bag off, and rent a bike, and go not just to the Mausoleum of Placidia, but to the other eight world heritage sites that are in town. And you can just ride around and see them all. Uh, so I get up really early in the morning, and I walk uh, to the train station, and lo and behold, it's their patron saint festival, so that's not open. Their baggage claim isn't open. There's nowhere for me to put my bags. There's nowhere for me to rent a bike. I quickly start going, okay, what can I do? What can I do? I have this heavy bag. There's, there's got to be, I didn't come this far to not be able to go and see these things. And, and I walk, and I see a Best Western hotel. And I'm like, well, they'll help me. It's Best Western. And I have this, like, Expedia Elite membership that I got from booking travel to all these places for other people. So they'll, they'll let me just, like, leave my bag. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> they won't. Apparently, that maybe that drug thing would come into play. They, they can't like, keep bags at the hotel. They wouldn't check them for me. Um, I, I leave there, and I go outside, and I sit on the curb in Ravenna, and I just cry. I just, I broke, I broke down. I mean, it was, it was jet lag and heat and seeing tons of beautiful things, stimulation of things. Like, oh my God, that's what real Corinthian columns look like. That's what the columns look like. We get it wrong. Like these moments, <laughs> these, these crazy moments of everything that I've ever wanted to see. But what I saw in that moment that 
was that I was, I was broken. I, I had broke myself. I had let myself say things in my head over and over about my life here uh, that I, I had to leave and go to Italy to even get the perspective of how broken I was. And I thought, man, this is sad, but I am in this beautiful place. I have to do something. So I took a Xanax. (laughs) I took my scarf and I wrapped it over my shoulders and I took my bag and I shortened the long um, strap and I took the one handle strap and I fashioned it into a backpack and I proceeded to walk my ass to all seven World Heritage sites (laughs) that day. I even stopped by um, on the way Dante's grave is there, his uh, mausoleum. And Dante was actually um, uh, cast out of Florence and found his home in Ravenna. That's where he wrote Paradise Lost. So I had a little kindred moment there. We're like, I get it. I get it. (laughs) I know. I am, this is going to be my home too. (laughs) I think it's going to happen. Uh, I get done with that, and I um, I get to the train station a little early. I get a gelato, a lemon gelato, and I sit there, and I'm like, I am winning. Italy is not kicking my ass. I am choosing to be brave and keep going. And um, I sit down on the train. Uh, It starts going, and this train police ticket person comes by, this very evil lady. And she, she looks at me. She's like, let me see your ticket. And so I get, give her my printed ticket. And she was like, you didn't stamp your ticket. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Where was I stamping my ticket before they just read the QR code? <laughs> like it was, there's a QR code. There's a little thing on your phone. And she's pretending like she doesn't know English, but she does. She's a bitch. And... <laughs> And I'm like, I'm so embarrassed, and she's making a huge scene about it. And then there's a guy that stands up, and he's bald, and he's like, don't you pay! She's, and she's like, no, she has to pay. It's a $60 fine. 60 euros. That's $120. I'm like, I'm leaving your country in like 24 hours. I'm not going to rip you off on a plane, like a train ticket. Just, I, I, I don't have 60 euros. <laughs> And I start crying. I'm embarrassed. And this Italian man starts cussing. Don't you do it. All Italians are fucking crooks. Don't you do it. And other people are on the train going, don't leave her alone. Leave her alone. And so she's going back and trying to talk to these other people. And I'm like crying. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're going to put me in jail. And, and finally she comes over and she charges me five euros. And, and she goes... I get back uh, into Venice, um, not enjoying my first class ride back either. I'm not going to say, just didn't. But I get into Venice, I, I trek all the way back down to my apartment, and the AC is not fixed. <laughs> so I was like, really? Really? Okay, all right. And I'm there for a couple more days, and I sleep with the windows open because it's hot, and mosquito bites love me. <laughs> they just, they're, they're on my legs. But I, but I do good things, too. I... I go to Murano and I see where the birthplace of Venetian glass blowing uh, was. I um, meet up with a couch surfer whose family owns a wine shop, and that was really fun. I got I got a little tipsy. Um, I went to uh, the Biennale and I went to the Russian Pavilion. And in the Russian Pavilion, if you were a girl, you could walk into this room. They would hand you a clear umbrella, one of those really cheesy clear umbrellas, right? And you would walk in, and it would rain gold coins on your head. It was like, 
magic. And, <laughs> and, and, and it, like, it really fulfilled the, like, inner Scrooge McDuck <laughs> swimming in the gold coin reference that I've had my whole life. It's beautiful. <laughs> and then you were able to take coins and put them in your pocket. Great, I have a couple from my house. So uh, I did that. And, you know, later on, I pack up all of my things, and I am walking back uh, to get on the airplane. And I'm realizing that I am literally lugging everything that I thought would keep me safe and comfortable. And yet it has been this heavy load. And I was just bringing it with me, and it was time that I just had to let go. So I get to the plane, and I check the big bag, and I've got the one um, duffel bag on me, and I get up right to the door, and the lady's like, oh, random baggage check. And I'm like, yes, of course. You're going to want this. Of course, every step of the way, it's got to be a random baggage check. I'm like, I don't care. Take it. I don't need any of it. She does that, and I get onto the plane, and all I can think about is my window seat that I'm going to curl up on in AC, and I'm I'm just going to fall asleep. It's just going to be, I'm going to sleep. It's going to take me home. It's going to be great. Um, And I get to my seat, and there's a guy standing in it and, and a girl next to him, and I'm like, I am not changing seats. This is not the situation. Like, if they put me in the middle of this plane next to a crying baby, I will kill someone. So he says to me, though, hey, um, this is my girlfriend, and I would really like to sit with her. I was hoping if you would switch seats with me. Um, I have a really nice seat in first class. So it was like the millionth shopper of my heart, and there was like confetti and balloons inside of it, and it's just like exploding with joy. Like, oh my God, you want to give me a first class international flight? I have no idea how to act about this uh, at all. I am not dressed appropriately for first class, but fuck it. <laughs> and. And, and, and I, I kind of look at the girl like, are, are you sure? This isn't just like some douchebag trying to hit on you the whole flight. Solidarity, sister. And, and then and she seems really cool. And then part of me goes, well, maybe I should sit back here with him. And uh, now they, they do that. So it was brilliant. What had really happened was that I had won this lovely fight. And I, I won. And it wasn't like Mario winning with... The, the princess. Really, I was the princess. And I rescued myself. And I looked at all those things that were fear and change. And I just decided to let them beat the shit out of me until I actually saw who I truly, truly was. Thank you. That was Cheryl White and how a good trip can help you let go of some baggage for the better. Thanks, Cheryl, for sharing your story. To everyone else, thank you for joining Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling event at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. If you'd like to join Tell Me More or help out in any way, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you will find our online submission and contact forms, a schedule of upcoming shows, and more storyteller podcasts. To keep up with the most recent podcasts, you can subscribe to Tell Me More via RSS, iTunes, and Stitcher. If that's not enough, you can always follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Until next time, 
This is Deb Markham reminding you a happy ending always depends on where the story ends.